The Beer and Pretzel Podcast and Trash Talk Podcast are part of the Buttwide, though, and Podfix Networks. Check them out to hear more content from other great podcasters. Hello, and welcome back to the Beer and Pretzel Podcast. I'm your main host and Game Master, Austin. And this is Travis. And we are here to play a two-player RPG. So if you've already listened to it, or maybe not, but last week we released an episode where I interviewed Steve D., who is the writer of the RPG Partners, which is a two-player RPG where you play as partners on some kind of like cop show, like a buddy cop show, police procedure type of show. And that's basically what we'll be playing today. So no Brad and Becky in this episode. They'll be returning shortly. We're going to be playing as a group, the game Fiasco, which is a pretty uh, famous one-shot beer and pretzel type RPG. We're going to be playing that very soon with a summer flavor to it. But for today, it's just going to be me and Travis playing Partners, which is a cool RPG. And it's our first time playing it. We've already made our characters and decide what the show is about. So we're going to run through that before jumping into the case itself. So what Travis and I are playing, we are playing two cops, or at least Travis is the main cop. Our show is called Miami Nights and Nights with a K. It's about an ex-detective turned nightclub owner who is forced to return as a detective when a straight shooter it's called um, a consultant but yeah a consultant ah consultant that's the word yeah but basically a murder happens in his nightclub and he's forced to help out the police officers as a consultant um i had a different written description of the show but i definitely butchered it but it's okay um but that's basically the whole premise of the show travis is playing the straight shooter who is the actual cop and my character is a retired detective who is a genius detective but he left as he is the wild card and um now he's lured back to being a police consultant going to my character first and then we'll go into travis's before i was a detective i worked as a bartender where i learned a lot about people I was able to get a lot of tips from everyone and not just from the ladies. I was just very personable and I got to learn a lot about people. Later on, I became a detective and I was able to solve a lot of crimes because I knew people and I could predict their behavior and I can talk to them very well. You can tell I'm the wild card. In this game, one person plays a straight shooter, which is gonna be Travis. I'm playing as a wild card. You can tell I'm the wild card though because of my drug and alcohol use and also because of my party life habits and willing to fight anyone, get into bar fight brawls or whatnot. Deep down, I respect the straight shooter because they live a life devoted to protecting people and to the cause and I can uh, no longer be bothered. Why? Because uh, many years ago as a detective and I was on a case where we couldn't get the murderer in time and they killed a child and uh, my boss basically forced me out and or at least put me on suspension and I quit because all I wanted to do was continue that case to catch the killer. But because he forced me out of the case, I just quit and I haven't gone back. All right, Travis, talk to us about your character. Oh, my character. I came up with the name Ace Spades 
but it's kind of a ridiculous name. I think that's his new name he gave himself as kind of a very flashy, uh, flamboyant nightclub owner. So I'm playing the straight shooter. My name is Jesse Finn. Before I was a detective, I was a beat cop. Ran the streets, did all the basic crummy calls that no one really wants to do. You can tell I'm the straight shooter in this scenario because I have excessive use of my notebook. No matter what information I gather, I have to jot it down, even if it's the most minuscule thing. Even if it's something you don't think will actually benefit the case. Even if it doesn't ever benefit the case, I have to write it down. Even if it's like an old woman coming up, she doesn't know what she talked about, but she's babbling about things she might have seen or heard. And I write it down. Write down, Instantly. makes sense. Because okay. it's all information and it may come in handy, probably not. Deep down, I respect the wild card because just watching him walk down the street or watching him talk to people in his nightclub, you can see the respect people show him. Whether they love him or hate him, mm. they all show him some amount of respect. And I'm a bit envious of that, and I, res I respect him for that. And this is going to be our first episode. And this, Travis and I decided that while future episodes might have the partners um, venture out into Miami more, because this is taking place in Miami, I don't think we decided on time period. I'm not sure if it matters or not. But uh, I think you said you wanted between like 80s and, I mean, music playing, 80s and 90s. 80s and 90s. Yeah, I'm fine with like, it takes place in 1988, but maybe it's filmed in the early 2000s. I'm fine with that. Well, yeah, this takes place in Miami, but the first episode is going to be set mostly inside the nightclub because I thought that'd be kind of an interesting way to set up your show if the first episode doesn't have the classic, like, bring the person down to the police station section, but, like, it mostly just takes place in one larger location, but just one building. But, Travis, let's set up our victim who was killed uh we don't know who the victim is yet we're going to generate it right now and this game uses not dice but uses a deck of playing cards that helps us generate ideas and prompts that then we then play off so travis pull the first card ace red ace okay red ace so travis our victim was a male and they worked as either a cop or a security guard okay so what do you think they should be? Could be, as we talked about earlier, could be bouncer. Yep. Or it could sense. be an off-duty officer who just wanted to enjoy the night nightlife. I like the idea of a bouncer, but I feel like someone would see the bouncer get killed. So I'm fine with the bouncer. Like, they go in the nightclub to go take a piss, and they're killed. But I also like the idea that the cop came sniffing in. Maybe he knew about someone that's uh, selling dope inside my nightclub and they poked around a little bit too much and they get whacked so you're thinking like an undercover cop like a yes uh, what are they called i like the idea of him being undercover and he's probably just wearing like a hawaiian shirt but he just get whacked at one point okay all right so we have a cop that went in and he was looking for something and uh he got taken out inside the nightclub and what was the apparent method uh travis draw another card ready an eight is a fall or collision. Collision? Like he just ran into a wall? <laughs> or someone ran, I was going to say, ran a wall into him. No, maybe like someone ran a vehicle into him. Inside a nightclub? That's impressive. That, that would be very impressive. <laughs> this is going to be a quick case. Yep, that's how we die right there. A car drove through the glass into the nightclub. Or maybe it was just like a slow like like golf cart just rolled into the place and just bumped him over. And uh, kept driving over him. 
kind of a sad death. But. It would be super sad. Uh, so do you think it would make more sense if like he's pushed off like the second story banister, or he maybe like goes outside to take a smoke break, and then a car hits him in the alley? <laughs> sure, we'll go with the second one there. I like. That. Really? Okay. So he goes out, and it's like a wide street. It doesn't go like into an alley, and then someone clipped him and it doesn't look like an accident. Okay, so the next stage of this, Travis, is that we have our mode of death. So we have a cop who went out to take a smoke break and he was hit by a car. But we also, this game wants to add a spark of randomness. So each of us generate a word. And from this case, I'm gonna be using my phone and I'm using randomwordgenerator.com. And I'm gonna be uh, bringing in a word for both of us. So two words, and we gotta work together to decide how these two elements are key to the crime scene. Adding a pun at the end is optional, but encouraged. So first, agony. <laughs> Ooh, it's a nice word. And challenge. Okay. Did he die in agony? That seems like an obvious one to do. Yeah. We get by a car is gonna hurt. Yeah. And you're oh. probably not gonna die instantly. Huh, interesting. So maybe we'll be able to fish out a suspect that got to talk to him while he was uh, slowly dying from getting run over by like a. Um, I don't know, what car would easily kill someone? Any car Any at a high car. enough speed. What about Honda Civic? At a high enough speed, yes. Uh, okay. It was a very agonizing death, but he did survive long enough maybe to talk to somebody, maybe not. Yeah. We'll find that out. Uh, challenge? I mean, challenge would be like motive. Why? We know he's a cop, but like, why was he here? Sure. Is he here because he was on a drug bust? Was he here for enjoying a... A private dancer. Maybe he, yeah, or maybe he was going to buy some of that dope. Or maybe he's, yeah. So he's this is going to, oh, for this first episode, it's going to be a challenging case. Yeah, because yeah. we have, we can't figure out motive because we can't determine why he was here. Exactly. It could be for all sorts of things. Um, I guess we'll get into it, but like, we're going to have to determine was his like, um, like his police badge like underneath his shirt or was it just in his car? I guess we're going to have to get into that in a second. We are playing the shorter version of Partners. So in the full version, you generate four suspects. In this game, we're going to be generating three suspects. And um, while there might be other suspects in the story, the murderer is going to be one of these three people. And I guess these people could just be all people that were visiting a nightclub at the time, or at least maybe live somewhere close in the area. I guess they could see the person walk over and take him out. Um, so once again, color is going to determine the gender and the uh, number on the card is going to determine what suspect it is. If I'm going to go into mode of everything and I'm going to write down in our little log book. So this game gives a nice little doc it has very well made uh, character sheets. So the first suspect, all these are red. Did you just shuffle all the red to the top? I don't know. I guess we're going to only have men in this case. Is your character male or female? I wrote it as Jesse to be either one, but I guess I didn't really decide. We'll go with male, just so it's all <laughs> just only guys. This show is for men by men. I'm assuming there's probably females in your nightclub. We just might not talk. To yeah, they're just, it's, it's gonna be that kind of show in the '80s where every character that has lines is a male, and the women in the background are only like dancers. Yeah, it'll be that kind of sexist show. Why not? Yeah, why not? This is supposed to be an '80s show. Uh, Red Seven. Um, seven is a boss. Ooh. Ooh, like the police commissioner? Oh, geez. That is um, relation to victim, police chief. Which is interesting because one of my, like, 
my NPCs that's on my character sheet because before this we determined two other people that know about us one is one of them is my ex-boss the commander but it could be the same person or someone else but it'd be kind of interesting uh what's the next one travis red king a king so now from now on you can't generate any more jacks queens or kings because those are like the special ones so king is love interest Ooh, a ex, classic one. Ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend? Who knows? Only men in this show, <laughs> Travis. He's a male. Oh, also you did generate him as red anyway. So it is going to be ex-boyfriend. And occupation. Um, or I guess, actually, it doesn't even have to be ex. I guess it could be the current boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Not even ex. Yeah, just current boyfriend. They could have just went out to go visit the nightclub and dance. But maybe there was more to it. What's the last one? Maybe it was an affair. Uh, Red Nine. Nine is Rival. Jesus. <laughs> we have all the big hitters. The Rival, the Boss, and the Boyfriend. But, like, we pretty much, like, the writers, like, chose, like, the most, like, safe options for the first episode. They're like, all right, we have to have the best one. So it's got to be Love Interest, the Boss, and the Rival. I feel like those are the most classic ones. Generally, yeah. Yeah. And there's other ones here that are, like... It's not like all of them are like this. There's some interesting ones. Well, they're all interesting, but some they're less used often in uh, TV, like Child. I've never seen... Have you seen any shows where the killer was the child? Not necessarily a kid, but... I've seen episodes. I've never seen, like, really a show where, like, the primary suspect is a child. Huh. And another sibling? That's interesting. Okay, so we know about them. Let's see what their occupation is. I think for some, we already made them up, like the police chief, the boss. Uh, that makes sense. Boyfriend. Uh, draw another card, and we'll go back to find their professional field. <laughs> We're not allowed to use face cards, right? This, you can use face cards, yes. Oh, queen. Queen, politics. Ooh. So, oh, jeez, he's a politician too? Jesus Christ. So much juicy drama already. Let's see what the rival, what he does. Eight. Eight is retail. <laughs> the cop and the retail worker, they rival. <laughs> so, this rival... You think it would kind of make more sense for it to be the other way around? Like the boyfriend's more retail and the, the rival's a politician because politicians and cops don't always get along. Yeah, let's move that around. No, no we got to no, keep it this we're way. We're sticking with it. We are. Right. Just to make it more confusing and stupid. All right. Retail worker. We should probably determine what kind of retail worker. Uh, could be gun shop owner. Because huh. cops don't always like gun shop owners because they sell ten guns to anybody. Well, legally most Some of the them. time. So maybe, is this one like a black market kind no, well, I mean, so a lot of, I mean, it could be like on the face of it, it's all legal, but then in the back, he sells a couple illegal firearms to gang members and whatnot here and there. Was there strict laws though in the eighties? There was strict. They're not as strict as they are now, mm. but there were like, you had to have some form of ID. I think you couldn't be a felon or maybe it was still legal for a felon stone guns. I can't remember, but you and you couldn't, I think. Can be an alcoholic. I can't remember what exactly what the rules were, but because yeah. can't uh, be an alcoholic. No, it's an, an alcohol, a drug user. Somebody oh, who's been okay. convicted of drug use. They're like, we're gonna follow you to the bar and track how many uh, Long Island iced teas you drink. Um, okay, so we determined occupation. Now let's go into. Oh my God, it's gonna get so juicy here. The motive. All right, motive for murder. So draw the first card, and these ones also you can't generate. 
a jack, queen, or king more than once. So this can be for the police chief. Ten. Ten is conspiracy. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. And boyfriend. Queen. Queen is mistake. And uh, what does it say for mistake? This is one of the special ones. So mistake means that there was intent to kill or damage to be done, but either the attack went further than it was supposed to go, resulting in them actually being the killer, or it failed to happen. The mistake was it didn't go all the way through, or maybe the mistake was that it botched it so someone else could be the one to kill him. I mean, one thing I could see, at least with the boyfriend, is like you didn't know how hitting people with a car would kill somebody. So maybe he thought hitting him with his car would hurt him, break his legs, but not kill him. Yeah, so if he if we find out it's him, that would make the most sense. For his character. Yeah, just, you know, so pissed off for some reason they want to break his legs, but... Cheating on him, whatever, you know? Yeah, but um, he but just, said, just ran him over. Because if you, yeah, I guess if you hit him fast enough with anything, it doesn't matter. That would be a big whoops. All right, Rival. Now, aces don't count as face cards, right? Or do they? They don't. Okay, ace. Uh, revenge. Well, the rival and revenge makes sense. Revenge. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So, so juicy. Okay. So they really didn't pull out any stop or pull out all the stops on this one. We really did. Yeah. Like this. Ugh. This is going to be either a good episode or it's going to be an episode that's like, it's like so cliche. People don't latch on to it because it's like almost like a parody of other shows kind of. Yep. But it, I guess it depends on the tone. If our characters take it seriously, it's just going to be another show. Otherwise, it could be like almost like a satire of other shows. I guess it depends. We'll see how it goes. Now we're going to be hitting the streets, playing out scenes. Okay, so now we're going to jump into our pilot episode, Travis. First, before we do anything, we got to decide if there's going to be a special guest star. Sometimes these shows would bring in a... C-less or B-less celebrity at the time to play a character just for an episode or a short, like, two-episode arc. A big pilot, I think we could make this two episodes, and I think we could include B-list celebrity. B-list celebrity. So are we thinking a Gary Busey type? Ooh, crazy aspect. I like it. Crazy aspect. The rival? Maybe he's the rival. Possibly, yeah. I Possibly. Mean, but... The only thing, the rivals, kind of all these characters are people that stick around. That's the boss it would stick around unless he goes to jail. The rival would stick around unless he goes to jail. Or the... But he's a rival not for us. He's just for the guy who's dead. Oh, that's actually true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, so they should not show up again. A yeah, after we figure out the case. Okay, yeah. Yeah, rival or uh, boss, I think, would be fine. Yeah. So... We got um, the rival might be played by Gary Busey, bringing that back. Gary Busey is the guy who shows up in like a large amount of our episodes for some reason, and he showed up in one more RPG. So what we're going to do is go into the first scene, which is the teaser scene. The rest of these scenes, they'll be in order to who starts first and who ends the scene. But for this, we can kind of just discuss together what the teaser is. Right before the credits play, what is what drags the audience into the episode? We don't show the murder yet, but 
We start off in your nightclub. Sure. So it's going to be you in your nightclub. I'm not around yet because I don't show up till the opening scene, whatever. Um, it's lights flashing, dancing, whatever. And then, well, we want women to talk. So one woman can scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. From outside. So you can hear it through the walls of the nightclub, over the music, over everything. You hear this one woman's like ghoulish shriek. Okay. As she finds something. Yeah. Probably a dead body. And then the camera pans around Ooh. to you at your own bar, sitting there hitting on somebody. Yep. I'm hitting on a 10 out of 10, um, but still, unfortunately, the writers don't give this woman any real dialogue. It's just me talking to her and her looking pretty and twirling um, her hair maybe this episode before he became famous as a movie director to do some other work to pay the bills a young michael bay <laughs> directed <laughs> an episode of miami what's the show called miami nights yeah miami nights yeah okay so yeah michael bay so it means there's gonna be a lot of explosions so yeah we have to figure out some explosions we have to get into that at some point or at least one really cool gunfight um, so I leave my nightclub after I hear the scream. I ditch this because I don't want this scream. Whatever happened, I need to control the situation because I don't want people to start leaving because they're freaking out. So I get outside first and I go over and I find the dead cop. Nope. Nope. I don't. Wait. What happens? Oh, I'm just, we're not showing that yet in the teaser. Okay. So maybe nope. I go outside and my eyes just go, as I, my eyes get really wide. Yep. And then maybe like. I've been like, uh, if this was a horror movie, this is not, but like lightning would like strike right then as like my eyes get all wide as I see. I mean, this is Florida at night. Light, night. Lightning strikes are not impossible. Okay. Yeah. So lightning goes off light across my face as my eyes get wide as I see something. The audience will assume it's a murder, but they don't know who, what, or even what the body died of or anything like that. Um, and there's like this music, like pulsing in the background this like loud synth wave which is gonna be a major theme in this episode that was filmed in the 80s by a young uh, chap so, named michael bay yeah, filmed in the 2000s set in the 80s that would make more sense for michael bay yeah so uh it's so, like everything's like overly 80s probably mm -hmm. like like your outfit is stereotypical 80s yeah i'm thinking like very bright like almost neon pink like hawaiian shirt with like chameleons or iguanas on it and like big like very wide like red sunglasses that i wear even indoors yeah okay uh now let's get into as we introduce the teaser that's a pretty good teaser i gotta say for jumping into the show the lights go down the credits start rolling for the show called miami nights i always had to look back at the sheet i don't know why it's not that hard of a name to remember let's get into the first scene so the first scene we have a primary character that starts a scene in the first one it's going to be the wild card which is going to be me and for every scene there is a keyword the keyword for this scene is charity let's get into the first scene i'm going to set everything up and then you're going to kind of like wrap the scene up and then we can talk about it together. We can also get into scenes that our characters role play together. So let's jump into the first scene. I assume at this point there's like 
yellow police tape all over the place. It's your choice. We ended on your eyes popping out of your head, strike a lightning. Sure. We can either start off from there or we can go an hour or two later, or half an hour later when the cops are all there. I kind of like the idea that for the first episode, like you come here first before the rest of the police do. And even before all of the like people have actually left, actually not everyone in the nightclub knows a murder just happened outside. Some people are still in there just shaking their bodies and dancing still. So I think it'll be interesting if you get here then and I like bring you aside quickly and like, I don't want, I'm kind of a scumbag, but like I, the police chief told you about me, no one, you said that you were going to the scene of crime which happens at my nightclub and they tell you about me but as soon as you show up expecting me to be very professional because i was an ex-cop so i know the whole bit you're doing your job i kind of pull you aside and i basically tell you that we need to keep this on the hush hush can you go out there let's take a look at this case and we can wrap this up real quick i want to save as much money as i can tonight sir this is a crime scene Everyone in here has to stop dancing for questioning. I go, how am I going to hold them in? There's like three exits to this place. You have how many bouncers? I got enough, but... Block they, off every door. Some of these people are regulars. I don't think they're going to be coming back anytime soon. They're going to go to that fucking asshole across the street. There's like five dance clubs across the but street. But mine is the best. Yeah, and there's a dead guy. That's not my problem that yours is the best. And I signal over to my bouncers. They all cover the doors. And I go up on stage. I take the microphone away from the DJ, but leave the music on, of course. And I tell people there's been a slight problem, but to enjoy themselves while they're here. And everyone's getting a free drink on the house. Go get it when you get the chance. And everyone goes, woo! I hold my hand up. I say, no drinks. Everyone has to stay sober. And I and I go, don't listen to that man. Free drinks for everyone. And I come everyone down. Everyone is in here for questioning in the case of an accident. <laughs> no drinks. I need you at your soberest, despite how drunk you already are. My character comes down, run up to you and goes, listen, young blood, you get some alcohol in their systems and they'll start spilling the beans. Yeah, and this it'll all be incoherent nonsense. I need actual information of what they've seen and what they've done tonight. How about one drink to liquor them up a little bit? Even I shut down. They've the had ten. Not everyone has had ten. That guy apparently has. And you <laughs> look over, you see a guy go puking on my floor. Yeah, you want him to have another drink? You might die of alcohol poisoning. And you might have two accidents on your hand. <laughs> he goes, "That wouldn't be my fault, though." You're Neither offering these... him the free drink. Okay, that I would go be over your fault. to the bartender and I go. Wash it really, really fucking down. And you look over, and, like, the bartender, like, pours a splash of vodka in it and just fills the rest up with seltzer and, like, cranberry juice. And I look at back at you and I go, happy. So now let's get into the scene. I start the scene as the wild card and Travis is going to kind of end it. How all these scenes are going to work except for the staging scenes, which we're going to have two more staging scenes where side characters are going to have, like, a mini B story. But as these many um, normal scenes could take place, one of us will start, the other person's gonna end, and we base the scene around a word. The word of this scene is charity. So how the format for when I'm the primary, this is how it works. 
frustrated or bored by the case, the wild card myself will act unpredictably or talk about something totally unconnected topic related to the random word they drew. The straight shooter is going to take that dialogue and find a way to link it to the next piece of evidence they need and or to the indicated suspect. So it's kind of like one of those classic, like a Sherlock Holmes show where someone says something and then Sherlock goes, what? And then he like goes through his fucking head and he like finds like the perfect word to make sense for this scene as just one thing triggers another in his mind. Okay. Okay, so before we run down this scene, another thing is that for every scene, there is a suspect that is at play. Not necessarily, of course, the person's not going to admit they killed the person, but evidence is going to point strongly in that person's direction. And we're going to be playing out seven scenes in this movie besides the two extra staging scenes, which is the B-plot. For every of these scenes, we're going to interview or talk to or maybe not even interact with at all, but we notice something a little weird about one of the suspects every time revealing a little bit more information about them on the third time on the seventh scene whichever character draws the third to, uh third piece of evidence on them that is who our killer is so basically three strikes and you're out oh, okay yeah so that's how the game kind of generates we're not going to decide who it is the cards will we're just going to determine why they did it okay so travis uh pull a card and what number or face value it is, is going to determine the clue type, and then the suit is which suspect we're talking about. Okay, spade. Or diamond, sorry. So diamond is the boyfriend. The boyfriend politician that we're talking about earlier. Okay. So that's a suspect that's at play here, and what value is it? 10. A 10 is tip or informant. And that's just something that perhaps he's given us a tip, but has to point Evans to looking a little suspicious in his case, or maybe someone gives us a tip about him. We go outside, we find the body, and basically you had me shut everything down so we can start talking to people. Um, how would we eventually find this person, the boyfriend? It would probably make sense. They run outside to the body. Yeah, if they were in the nightclub, yeah. They'd run outside and start crying or whatever over there, dead. The, I think it'd be interesting if though they hide the fact that they're together and the only reason we figured this Actually, out sorry. yeah sorry no they do have to hide that they're gay in 80s yeah. they'd get beat the crap out of yep so yeah they, they do have to hide the fact that they're they're together but you mm -hmm. noticed earlier that they were sitting rather close to each other talking that's why we're interviewing we might not know that they're lovers at this point or yep. intimate with each other but we just know that they were talking with each other so you you mentioned this to me or whatever, and we go and interrogate this particular guy. And I think that when we're talking to him, um, he hides the fact that they're a gay couple. And we only figure out after we talk to them that someone tips us off that they're together. Maybe it's my one of my female waitstaff. Maybe she brings it up. Maybe that's the only line of dialogue for a female character in the movie. But she tells you off camera so we don't hear her say a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I come back to you and I go, damn, Jesse told me the wildest thing. <laughs> and I didn't tell you Jack. Oh, your name's Jesse? She literally told you that like 10 minutes. Oh, no, that was just a random name I come, came up with my for my fake uh, waitress. Oh, we oh. happen to have the same name. <laughs> yeah. Just to make it complicated. Like, there's no reason why these characters have to have the same name, especially one that doesn't talk. 
No, she talks just off screen. Oh, she talks off screen. <laughs> it's like the silent movies when they put up like a slide that just shows their dialogue on screen. You just screen. see them mouthing to each other, but they no words. <laughs> and there's no words, yeah. It's just a good dub. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I come back to you and I go, you know what's funny? Uh, what? I, I don't want to know what's funny. I don't care what's funny. Because I just need I information. Think you, I think you'll find this is funny. So I was talking to uh, my wait staff, and they saw this guy and the man that we were just talking to, the one who seemed a little distraught about this guy's death. Um, the one that was having a conversation with him earlier? Yes. Uh, yeah, they were talking, and I, they think that they're actually together together. Oh, that changes things. Why do you think that he would hide his information? I think there's something more at play, but... Maybe at some point you should talk to him. Maybe again. he's untrustworthy of you. That could be. Because you seem to like to share information. No offense. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you saying about me? I'm no narc. You just narked on him. <laughs> I'm just saying what Jesse said. Okay. He goes, by the and I go, by the way, before we wrap this scene up, what do you think um, was this guy's profession? Or do you think he was just here to party? Do you know anything about him? Were you able to find anything about him? I found his uh, I found his car keys and I went over to his car, or I had a one of my colleagues go over and check his car. We found some information about him. I'm not sure if you know this, but I used to be a detective myself. If you're giving me a little bit more information than you're giving me. Maybe I can help you out. I do know this area very well. Uh, I'll I'll give you information when you need it. I assume that I can't leave the premises and go home tonight. I mean, it's what two thirty in the morning, so you know. You can go maybe, I don't know, later in the day. Later, okay. Oh, fine. So my character goes on his phone and I start talking to someone because someone calls me and we get on the topic of a charity that uh, my lawyer wants me to donate to to look better because maybe my nightclub, my lawyer's like, you're going to get a shit ton of flack for this. Time to do something good. Just donate a little money to a charity ten thousand dollars and then this will smooth things over you hear me talk about this charity and it triggers something in your head let's think about what ideas that could trigger policeman's ball would be a start maybe you saw a flyer to the policeman's ball inside his car well i already him. know he's a cop like, oh, okay. I, we, I know that information i haven't shared it with you but okay. i know he's a cop because we searched his car. We found his badge and his, his gun and all that stuff. Mm. I just don't know if he's undercover or not, so that's why I can't disclose this with you. Of Sorry. course. That makes sense. So with this charity ball, how would it relate uh, to the case to give us a little bit more information about what could have happened? Um, so I, I go over to you and I'm like, um, which, which charity are you? I heard you're donating. What, what charity are you going for? I am donating to, I don't know if you got charities in real life. I'm never going to be uh, rich enough to or I mean, want to donate to any charity. If you become a famous movie director like Michael Bay, the director of our show, yeah, you might have enough money. Uh, there's like Red Cross. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know that many in the 80s. That's the thing. Like the Red Cross and like Policeman Ball and like a few minor charities are the only things I know about. Let's connect it back to the policeman's ball. Um, my lawyer suggests that I should do it for the policeman's ball for some reason. Maybe oh, that's where it helps triggers. Yeah, maybe because I'm an ex-cop too. But that also helps you trigger this idea. 
Um, I, I recommend not donating to that particular charity. I've heard that, uh, I can't confirm or deny this, but I've heard that there's some shady stuff going on with that particular charity right at the moment. It was, huh? Okay. Weird that my lawyer would suggest that, but well, I, mean, I, I didn't. He, he I probably didn't know. doesn't know about it. Okay. I mean, yeah. he, he just knows that you're a cop and, you know, donating to cops, you know, is a good thing. But I'm going to recommend not doing it this time because it's a bit shady. It's a bit shady. Okay. I've heard yeah. some I've heard some things through the grapevine. I personally don't really care where it goes. It's just about getting my name back out there in a positive way. But sure, I'll tell him to look into some other places. Uh, Save the Dolphins is a good one. Save the Dolphins. I like Dolphins. Free the Dolphins, whatever it is. Free the Dolphins. What's the one for uh, uh, SeaWorld? Is it Free the Dolphins or Save the I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah. And, but yeah. Save the Dolphins, we'll go with that. Yeah. We made up uh, our own charity. Yeah, we just made up our own charity. <laughs> we weren't uh, even born in the 80s, so don't don't hate us for it. Yeah. That's the one thing with doing a story set in a different time period is that, like, you got to kind of know a little bit about the technology at that time and, like, slaying and, like, different events that were happening at that time. Yeah, well, I just, that's why I recommend the, like, Red Gloss or, like, a Policeman's Ball because, like, those... They've been around forever. Ever. Makes sense. And the ones I actually know about. But we're going to save the dolphins that we just made up. Save the dolphins. And how did Charity help the case at all? Uh, Because it gave me a clue as to one of the potential suspects. Oh, does, like, one of our suspects work at the Policeman's Ball? Or is that going back to, like, the idea... Of a potentially corrupt boss? Interesting. Okay. Now that was a good scene. Let's jump into um, our final scene of um, act one, which Travis will be starting. I'll be finishing. And when the straight shooter is the primary person at some point after we establish what's going on, frustrated, the straight shooter explains that they need certain evidence about the person, the suspect we're talking about in this scene. They might suggest why they can't get it, but keep in general. Um, they're musing about what they need to know. And then the wild card will use a random word they generated to come up with a solution involving some sort of shenanigans um, that processes the uh, evidence required. So after we generate our suspect for this scene, you're going to get frustrated because you can't get something that you need to be able to continue this. So I need to identify the car because identifying the car would be very helpful in narrowing down the suspects. That's true. And it seems like your witness, the woman who was screaming outside, couldn't tell me what kind of vehicle it was. I didn't know if you knew Mr. Nightclub owner of anyone who might have else have seen a vehicle lurking around or maybe just the vehicle that hit him. I think we can find someone. Let me go talk to my bouncer. I bring him over and I just snap my fingers and he comes over. Right before we do anything, I want to see what type of evidence we'll be getting and which person we're doing. So could you draw a clue type card? Oh, oh, so I wasn't supposed to pick the evidence I needed. We were supposed to random draw it? Yes. Oh, well, you could have mentioned. Oh, no, it's okay because it's a decent way to set up the scene anyway. Oh. Three of spades. So fingerprints or DNA, and because we're not doing four suspects, we don't have spades, so it has to be a different suit. Uh, three of clubs. Clubs is going to be the police chief. Oh, that last scene kind of like segued into this scene because like number you had the policeman's ball and you go 
Huh, it's a little weird that the police chief was also here. Maybe he wasn't, or did he just come really quickly? Uh, he came suspiciously quickly to the crime scene because he never shows up. I mean, he's the police chief. You never show up unless he'd absolutely have to, but he either knew that this guy was an undercover cop on an investigation or he's a suspect. True. You can clearly see. So you can begin this scene, kind of narrate kind of what happens to Lee start it, and I'll end it. One idea I'm thrown out here, because fingerprints or DNA is something we find that kind of incriminate him a little bit, but can't prove it. How about if we find the car that hit the person, like it's crashed in the side of a fire hydrant and his fingerprints on it, but he okay. got to the crime scene first. He yeah. could have just tried to find the bad guy. So. We talked to your bouncer. Your bouncer informs us that he did see the car. He gave us a description of the car, and the police found it parked a couple blocks away in a, a random parking lot. Okay. But there's no fingerprints, or at least none that we can find, because, you know, no criminal is going to be stupid enough to leave their fingerprints on the vehicle, on the murder weapon. True. At least in our show. Um, so now we have to find fingerprints, and I'm overly suspicious of the police chief being here after you had just mentioned something about donating the police to the policeman's ball that I know is a bit shady. Sure. That makes sense. And the scene, the random word for this scene is random. <laughs> Useful. So what, okay. So what is frustrating you about this scene? Is that because there's, you haven't been able to find any fingerprints on this in the vehicle or in the murder weapon, the vehicle. Okay, um, so here's how I'm gonna dictate how this scene is gonna end or go. I am gonna do something random, because that's the word for this scene. No, duh. So I'm gonna kind of just like roll into the scene and I'm gonna just like talk off the police chief's ear and I'm gonna just look like I rolled up and I'm just like super like cracked out and I'm like super distracting. It's like kind of funny that some people will find it funny or if like their kids are watching the show too, they'll find it funny how goofy and such an oddball I'm being. While you maybe check out the scene and maybe what you find when those dudes are over there like dusting the car for fingerprints, it's not that they didn't find any fingerprints. They only found one fingerprints, but they ruled it out and they didn't even tell you. Those fingerprints, the police chief. Cause he just showed up and he searched at first. He didn't put his gloves on, which was kind of silly of him. And he left fingerprints. But how about if he was one who was in that car who hit this guy? That is a good, that is a strong accusation there to be going up against the police chief, but you are an ex cop. So I guess you have the right to make your accusations. Exactly. I don't trust him anymore. I actually don't like this police chief. He's the one that kind of pushed me out. And later, how does your character react when I kind of give you this theory and I kind of like whatever information, whatever you say, like, no, no, of course not. Blah, blah. blah. I kind of go, dude, think about it. I mean, I, I was already thinking about it from the previous scene, but yes. Mm. Um, yeah, I say it's it's a possible. It's always a possibility. Everyone here is a suspect, but I don't know. It's it's again a very strong accusation of against this guy's boss. Mm. I shouldn't have let that slip. He goes, and I go. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to bring that to the story. I go. So he was a police officer. No, I cannot con confirm or deny that. <laughs> He goes, 
that's interesting now the only thing that makes me wonder did you guys figure it out by finding his badge on his person or was it in the vehicle you guys searched uh it was in his vehicle in his vehicle so he wasn't going into my nightclub uh thinking that he was going to arrest anyone I mean, it tends to be you don't go on a date with your lover if you're going to arrest somebody, but I might not know about that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I guess it just happened to be a cop. So, I mean, it could... I'm not going to say or anything, but, you know, it could always be he's doing something undercover. You think there's something illegal going on? Are you insinuating there's something illegal going on inside my Take prestigious nightclub? No. <laughs> <laughs> then tell me if there's something illegal going on in your prestigious nightclub. <laughs> there's something going on in every nightclub. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, might, it might not be that illegal, or we might not care about it. It's not happening in my nightclub, though. Don't worry. Uh -huh, take off our, your glasses. <laughs> while our characters are arguing, we're going to start the staging scene of An Issue Rises. And this is kind of like the side plot if we draw characters that are our side characters, maybe these characters are to the side watching us argue while they have their own little own little bit. So let's find out what characters will be playing in the staging scene. So first for the straight shooter, draw a card and just look at the suit. Okay. And Travis, who did it? 